There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands Believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look Then you will see On WCN-TV My friends, thank you for joining me today for this episode of WCN-TV. I'm your host, Pastor Mike Spaulding. One of the things that many people are now um, aware of more than they were in the past, especially the past couple of years, is that their intake of media, whether it's TV, radio, print, or social, can affect their attitude, their outlook on life, and can lead to anxiety, depression, or worse, a recent article in Psychology Today included this statement, quote, exposure to consistent, sensationalized pessimism and negativity has become the norm for those keeping up with the news, end quote. Christians especially must understand that there will be hard times, unpredictable times, difficulties, and sorrow. A very important key to maintaining a proper perspective is understanding how to navigate and discern the times in which we live. And make up your mind, unlock your thoughts, transform your life. Authors Dennis Pass and Michelle Niedert explain that our mindsets influence our behaviors and attitudes. So my guest today, Denise, is a recent graduate from Liberty University with an MA in biblical exposition and now is pursuing a PhD in biblical exposition. Good for you, Denise. She's a published author of Make Up Your Mind, and that is the subject of our conversation today. Shame Off You in 2018, and that is an intriguing title. I think I'm going to have to investigate that book too. (laughs) 31 Days to Hope Reinvented, and she is a writer for Proverbs 31 Ministries, First Five App, and Compel Blog. Denise is also a speaker and worship leader with her ministry, Seeing Deep Ministries. Welcome to WCN-TV, Denise. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Glad to do it. As I uh, said before we went on the air, I I appreciated your book very much. And I was, uh, last night as I was going through it again, was making some comments and observations with my wife, Kathy. And um, folks, listen, uh, I hope you don't get tired of hearing me say this, but um, this is a must-have book. Let's see if I can get this in the, there we go, must-have book. 
Get it in your library and you will not be sorry. Make up your mind. Unlock your thoughts. Transform your life. Now, I knew about 10 pages into it that I was going to be getting some copies for other people to read. I also, as I mentioned before we went on the air, I appreciate the layout of the book. Throughout the book, um, you give triggers and tips, and you conclude each chapter with a section called Mind Renewal, Keys to Unlock Our Mind. And this is followed by a section called Counselor's Corner. Friends, the book is laid out brilliantly, and it walks through Well, we're going to talk about what a mindset is, and Denise is going to define and explain that for us. But having a healthy mindset, attitude, perspective, frame of reference, foundation, however you want to call it, we're going to call it mindset today. It really is the key to victorious living, though, isn't it, Denise? Yes. And I think a lot of times we hear in our culture, you know, these different things we have to do to have positive thinking. But what the Lord really put on my heart as I studied this subject was it isn't about positive thinking or willpower. It's about righteous thinking. Yes, And this is something that we can't do in our flesh. It is something we can only do in the spirit. And so this is something only believers have access to, but a lot of believers aren't necessarily accessing this. That's right. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and um, before we we really dive into the book, there's a there's a section, two paragraphs actually, that I want to read to kind of set the set the tone and and um, pave the road, if you will, for where we're going with this. And and uh, folks, this is from page 19 in in Denise's book, and um, this is a quote: "Life can change in a moment, and so can our mindsets. Circumstances and thoughts can be weighty." One moment we are all right, and the next moment we are filled with fear or anxiety because of a diagnosis or a loss or an unknown. How we handle our thoughts determines whether we will be in control of our mind or a victim of negative mindsets. When we are overwhelmed with negative thoughts, we do not have to continue down that path. We can pause and pray. We can choose what we think on knowing that our thoughts matter. The course of our lives is impacted by our thoughts. Our mind is where we decide to believe in or reject God. Under attack from the enemy of our soul or other influences, we must guard ourselves so our thoughts don't throw us off course and send us to a place we never intended. Learning how to recognize thoughts that hold us captive, we can make those thoughts obedient to God's word. Well, Denise, (laughs) just because we think something or even believe something doesn't make it true, does it? Right. And our thoughts are forming a belief system. Mm -hmm. So when we reinforce those thoughts by thinking on them over and over again, especially negative thoughts, they do become mindsets. And the word, uh, the Greek word for mindsets is phronema. And it is this the seed of attitude that we have. And I think one of the scriptures that really impacted me a lot, I had to study it for a whole semester, was out of Matthew 16, verse 23. This passage where we see Peter rebuking Christ because Christ said, I'm about to go and I'm going to be crucified and raised again. And Peter's like, no. And then we see Christ rebuking Peter But what he says is very illuminating if we will see it. He's saying, 
you are a hindrance to me. Get behind me, Satan. Why? Because you have the things of man in mind, not the things of God. And that's what we have in our culture. We've been indoctrinated with the things of man all our days. And so when we have a thought, we think that that is true because it's our own thoughts. And so it is a resetting of our mindset that I take people through to help them to understand that they get to control what they think on. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, And that is very, very crucial for a beginning to renew our thinking. In fact, um, on the lives on my weekly show that I do, my sign off is is uh, a paraphrase or a uh, a thought taken from Romans twelve one and two, which mm-hmm. says, uh, which I say, renewing our mind is not an option. Mm-hmm. It's what we are encouraged and and commanded to do. So, you mentioned in the book, Denise, that um, our thoughts matter to God. How we process our thoughts and what factors we utilize to process our thoughts are very important. And that's mm-hmm. one primary reason why we, we have to evaluate our thinking and determine honestly whether it lines up with God's word. So the goal, of course, as you point out, and you have a section in, in each chapter that talks about the mind of Christ, the mm-hmm. mind of Christ. And so as we get started, what exactly is the mind of Christ. What does it mean to to apprehend the mind of Christ? Well, I remember asking one of my professors that question because it sort of feels like this mystical thing almost like, yeah. but we all have the mind of Christ when we accept Christ as our savior. And I define it as Christ's thoughts born into our own mind. Mm-hmm. And how does that happen? Well, if we aren't studying God's word, it's not going to happen. If we are saturating our mind in God's word, if we, let's say that I'm having a negative mindset of depression or anxiety, I can try to problem solve on my own strength, or I can go and I can research God's word for scriptures on that topic. And I can read those scriptures and I can, instead of ruminating on negative mindsets, I can meditate on God's word. And one of my daughters had, um, gone through depression for over six years. And I remember her coming to me and she said, mom, why would God allow this? And this is, this is what our negative mindsets do. We first accuse God whenever we have them. And I said to her, you know, I don't know why, but I do know God's character and he's good. And he's going to use this for your good and his glory. You're going to be able to help people if you saturate your mind in his word. And if you try to go through this with Christ, um, and I told her I felt that she was going to be delivered of it in a couple of weeks. I just sensed that in my spirit. And she was. And I, I'll never forget her calling me on the phone, weeping and saying, Mom, I'm free. And she said, I saturated my mind in God's word. And I just realized I do get to choose. Now, for those listening who might think I'm simplifying things, I have walked through where I've sat in the doctor's office and they say, you're depressed. And, you know, there's the dramatic music and you feel like there's no escape. Oh, no, it's happened to me. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is real. And I have compassion on that. But I also want to encourage you that there's a spiritual piece to depression that we get to choose, that we get to battle with Christ. And then there's um, there may be medicine. There may be other uh, things that we have to do. So the mind of Christ is learning to think like Christ. It is learning to trade our thoughts and really 
what the Lord showed me. Making up our mind is putting down our thoughts and picking up God's. God's mm. thoughts are higher than ours. And we often put our thoughts above God's. And what we need to do with that is repent. When we repent and realize this negative mindset isn't what Christ would be thinking, you know, instead of the, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus think is a phrase I've now been saying. Mm -hmm. If it's not something he would be thinking at that point, I can repent. Repentance is a daily thing. Lord, forgive me. Help me to think rightly. And that repentance helps you to access the mind of Christ. That's a thing that I walk people through in the final chapter. Yes. Yes. And, uh, uh, we won't be getting there today uh, <laughs> as people, as people who know me said, yeah, there's no way you're going you, we have, we have yet to see you get through a book, Mike. So it's probably not going to happen today. Um, but we, before we went on the air, uh, Denise was gracious enough to, to uh, agree to come back later in the, in the fall and we can do a part two. And by that, well, let's just, uh, wanted to tell our viewers now you're you're working on a Bible study that's going to come out based on this book. Yes, I actually finished my part on it. I have uh, my friend um, and co-author who does the counselor thoughts at the end of each chapter. She's finishing up her piece and we're almost done with that. So we're excited. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's fantastic. So one of the things that I like about um, um, your book, Denise, is that you you state the issue. And then you give reasons why, um, in this case, how do we apprehend or how do we exercise or how do we apply the mind of Christ in our own lives? You give uh, what you call triggers mm -hmm. in each chapter, things that will will work against us achieving that that goal of thinking like Christ, thinking according to the word of God. And um, in chapter one, I just wanted to to list those, speak those, and then have you comment um, briefly about those. So so trigger one in um, chapter one is culture. And mm -hmm. when I think of culture, some people see that as a very broad um, word with a lot of different meanings. But uh, basically, um, it's the influence that a society has on someone's thinking, on their perception. Um, I think too many Christians, personal opinion, correct me if you think otherwise, uh, Denise, um, too many Christians underestimate the impact of culture on their own lives and their way of thinking. What do you think? Definitely. And I, I think there's a scripture, um, I think it's Proverbs 4.23, and it's a good news translation that basically says, be careful how you think. Yes. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And that yeah. verse was the one that was the crux behind everything because our culture has shaped our thoughts, you know, and it isn't even just, you know, we don't really watch much TV around here, but when I was raising my five kids and I homeschooled them, um, we would have periodic times where I'm like, let's lay down every worldly influence that has crept in mm -hmm. and let's repent before God. And let's just rid our household of that because it happens so easily. We are, inundated with our culture. And so that is a trigger, whether we recognize it or not, because sometimes with our thoughts, again, I said earlier, there are thoughts, so we believe them to be true. But today, what do we hear in our culture a lot? This is my truth. Yeah. And that is foolishness. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, our truth is a lie mm -hmm. in the face of God's word. And 
we don't really want to say that that's not politically correct in today's culture, but are we willing to really stand for God's word? Because that's what's going to set people's minds free. Amen. Amen. Now, a second trigger that you mentioned in this chapter is being focused on self. And <laughs> that immediately took me <laughs> to the thought that, yeah, we are we are living in a social media crazed culture where mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw a number out there. I have no uh, evidence that it's accurate, but I think it kind of is. Millions of selfies are posted <laughs> every day. <laughs> Mm. And it's and it's as you just mentioned, people people demand their own standard of truth. They don't understand that that um, truth is an objective reality. It's not subjective. That's what it's become. Mm-hmm. But it isn't yes. subjective. It's objective. And there there are a plethora of reasons why that is true. But anyway, um, being focused on self, huge problem today, isn't it? Yes. And, you know, one thing you had on your intro there, uh, here I am, send me Um, that the opening chapter is this look at Elijah. You know, um, why am I here? Right. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm calling it. Why are you here? And God repeated that question to Elijah twice. Why are you here? And this is after Elijah, who had boldly called on fire from heaven, ended up fleeing for his life to the wilderness because Jezebel threatened him personally. He was aware of the threats before, but this one was up close and personal. And we saw a mindset shift. And so um, a lot of times mindset shifts happen because we're worried about self so much. Now, hey, if I were Elijah, uh, I'd probably be a little afraid too, okay? So I'm not trying to give him a hard time here. But what God has shown me is in the hardest places of my life, whether it was in a hospital room, you know, with COVID, whether it was in a hospital room again with pneumonia following a five-year-long court battle that I endured and wondering, why, God, why would you allow this into my life? Because my life, right? It's a focus Mm -hmm. on self. And in that moment, you know, God always answers me with questions. (laughs) He wants to get us to think higher, but we tend Mm -hmm. to think about self and what we've been indoctrinated with. And I remember one time in particular with the pneumonia, I just cried out to God and I said, here I am, send me. The very thing that you just flashed on the screen at the beginning here. And God said, will you let me use you here, Denise? Oh, wow. And I thought, I can hardly speak, Lord. I mean, I'm so weak, so weak. And the doctors were, I had kidney failure. It was not looking good. And he said, I want you to get up and I want you to write a scripture on the board. And I did. And then I thought, okay, that's my mission. And so then he said, I want you to go and give away every gift that's been given to you and give it to everyone down the hall. Wow. And, you know, I wouldn't have done that thinking of self. I would have been like, you know, my life, you know, where's God, you know, this is our normal tendency. And um, so I put on my two hospital gowns and my oxygen tank and it was all I could do to walk and give away everything and um, then give them my music that I wrote, but God taught me a profound lesson. If I had stayed focused on self, I would have missed the mission. Mm. And and at the end of that stay, the nurse uh, came to accept Christ as her savior. Yes. Hallelujah. Huge. That's huge. That's a mindset (laughs) shift change. And and it's not me. It's God. He, he helped me to think higher than my pain, which is really hard to do. Yes. Amen. Especially being in the, in the physical 
condition mm-hmm. you were in, Denise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A third third trigger or a third issue that keeps us from from understanding, applying uh, the mind of Christ that, that you have in this chapter is personality. Mm-hmm. And um, I've heard this a hundred times if I've heard it once. People say, well, uh, I'm just I'm just built this way. This is how I am. I'm wired this way, a certain way. Um, but isn't that really at the end of the day, isn't that just a means to obscure the truth that we're making excuses for a wrong mindset? Right. We're believing a lie. I mean, uh, the the truth is, I said for most of my life that I was too shy and, and that when God gave me songs as a new Christian, I hadn't even, I taught myself piano and suddenly I'm writing songs. And then I had my first concert and I was weeping backstage. Why me? <laughs> There's people better than me. I don't like being on stage. And I realized he uses the weak things. And would I be obedient and willing to do that? But I could say my personality and I could have just hid right behind that. Nope. Mm-hmm. Wrong girl. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly um, my hope and dream wasn't to go through all that I've been through and to write about some of the hard things I've had to write about, like in shame off you. But when God heals you and when God shows you something, I think a lot of us want the easy life. And I remember my, my oldest daughter um, getting diagnosed with celiac disease. And I was so thankful for diagnosis. And I asked God, oh, God, will it ever be easy again? I actually asked that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. He, no, yeah. he said no, but my grace is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In this opening chapter, the final trigger or issue that can keep us from apprehending, applying, living uh, the mind of Christ is our mindset. And yeah. our mindset can be positive or it can be negative. It 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 depends. Now, it does matter how we think about ourselves, uh, mm-hmm. how we think about other people, how we think about the world, because all of those things act as a filter by which yes. we respond mm-hmm. and that leads to behavior. So um, there's one other thing, Denise, that I wanted to discuss uh, for our viewers before we, we move on to chapter two. And, and that area is um, steps to begin to think for ourselves by understanding what God has said in his word. Now you give readers four tips. Here they are. And then I'll, I'll let you comment. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, know yourself. Work on critical thinking skills. Examine through a biblical worldview. Boy, oh boy, we we could camp out the rest of our time on that one. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and mindset check. So these four tips in chapter one, know yourself, work on critical thinking skills, examine through a biblical worldview, and mindset check. Very necessary. Yes. You know, when you think about Christ raising the bar, you know, in the New Testament, if you even think on a woman lustfully, mm-hmm. the bar was raised, our thoughts matter. And guess what? He knows all our thoughts before we even think them. <laughs> so we're kind of cornered. We got to deal with our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Our thought life is so significant. And I, I think about in the church setting, we see this operate a lot. People can be offended. People shun each other. It's all wrapped around mindsets, but we can be above it. And so my hope is, you know, with the tips to help people to think differently, 
you know, than just thinking, well, I can't help it or that person can't help it. We can help it. We yes. can repent and ask God to help us. <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly right. And and the takeaway, friends, from from this chapter and this conversation to this point is that you have a choice to make. You can choose which mindset you're you're going to have and and apply. And of course, that leads to behavior. So chapter two, and this was a great place to start dealing with the mindsets. And, and again, friends, uh, thank you, Jonathan, for having that up. We are uh, talking with author Denise Pass. Make your make up your mind, unlock your thoughts, transform your life. So chapter two begins uh 10 consecutive chapters that deal with particular mindsets. And you started at a great place um, with the very first mindset, the angry mindset. Here you discuss bitterness and unforgiveness. And again, that's a great place to start. And the reason for that is, um, well, I'm going to be bold and say that in my opinion, bitterness and unforgiveness is a very real pandemic today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even among Christians. Yes. Yeah. And I think offenses, which I mentioned just briefly um, a few minutes ago, is really at the root of that um, and pride ultimately. But yeah. we are offended when people say anything that minimizes us. Um, it's all about us, a lot of it, you know, um, and learning to deal with anger. Like one of the things I share in the book was as a parent, you know, when your kids disobey you, that can arouse anger. Yeah. But, you know, I remember I would send my kids to the other room and tell them, wait for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I need to seek God right now. And I realized I was taking their sin personally. Yes. I was offended. Uh, they're sinning. And that was wrong on my part. Mm-hmm. And what I needed to do, and, and I did do, was pray and ask God to help me and, and to love them enough to deal with their sin in their heart, but deal with it compassionately and without mm-hmm. anger, which is so hard to do because anger is a passionate sin. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, uh, when I was reading that, that narrative, the story you were telling um, about mm-hmm. what you had to do. And then and then the uh, the golden nugget, the statement that just kind of jumped off the page um, that you made there was you came to the realization that somebody else's sin, their their mistakes, it's not about mm. us. Yeah. It, it isn't about us because mm. that's what gets us stirred up. When we recognize that, um, then we can yeah. at least cut that off from from corrupting our our thinking process. So, yes. You lead uh, or, or you list several triggers that can lead to anger. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to mention them and you can comment as you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but those triggers from this chapter, chapter two, dealing with the angry mindset um, are expectations, offense, comparison or coveting, shame and control. So each of those things in their own way have the potential to light that fuse of anger, don't they? Yes. You know, and since I already mentioned offenses, you know, expectations is huge because we can almost be like entitled. We feel like Mm -hmm. we're owed Mm -hmm. what we were expecting or what God has already given to us. And it's a humble position to realize we're not at all. 
We're just merely stewards. We own nothing. And so when something doesn't happen the way I hope it will, um, yeah, I haven't really gone public with this lately, but um, my husband was just diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm. And this is just this past week. Oh. And our first thing is, okay, wow. You know, obviously you're not expecting that. That's right. But how can we steward this trial? You know, cause it's not about us. It's hard. You might say, yes, it's about you. It's your husband. Well, we're going to sure fight and do everything we can. Mm-hmm. But the end of the matter is, you know, we, we expect from this life, I don't know, maybe 90, hundred years and we should have what we consider to be blessed life, which sometimes can be the prosperity gospel. Like I shouldn't have troubles, but Jesus promised us troubles. So expectations could be a big stumbling block with our mindset. Yes. Yes, absolutely true. There are uh, lots of reasons people become angry. Certainly Mm -hmm. we become angry over what we perceive to be um, injustice or, Mm -hmm. or hurt that we've experienced but we can also become angry through jealousy. Yes. Jealousy. And so what do you think is the key thing to keep in mind when we feel anger rising? Because I think God built us with an early warning system and we know it's coming. And if we don't address it and we don't, (laughs) we don't um, intentionally ratchet it down, it's going to get out of control. So, so what things should we keep in mind when we feel that coming on? Well, in our sin, I mean, in our anger, we're not supposed to sin. And so I use the example of the Incredible Hulk in that chapter as a kid and liking watching him. And you think, ah, yeah, we want justice, you know. Well, if we were to get justice, (laughs) we would not be going to heaven. Uh, We have a merciful God. And so I think humility plays a huge part in recognizing what we've been forgiven. Mm -hmm. How can I be angry with someone else? don't they deserve my compassion? You know, just as God has been compassionate toward us. And that is a totally different way of thinking. And let me be clear. I'm not saying that there isn't a right place. for. Husband was a sexual predator. Discovering that and walking through that um, was the most painful thing in my life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to process the anger. And I remember the Lord, and this is probably going to sound, I don't know, to some people, but I was crying out to God and saying, God, why are we suffering for his sin? Mm. And God said, I wasn't angry with you when I bore your sin. Ooh. And I realized I wasn't going to get a pity party in that moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't that he didn't care. But right. anger, anger isn't the response. Now, when I get angry, as I said in the book, I get the ugly cry and polka dots all over my face. I, <laughs> that's how I process <laughs> anger. Yeah. But And that's okay. It's okay to come to God and share and cry out to him. But there's a difference between crying out and venting, you know, yeah. and staying in that unforgiveness and bitterness, as you mentioned. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't understand God, but I trust you and, and you can pour out you know, to God, but I don't think that's very different than venting. Yes. Yeah. I think so too. The chapter three, um, the anxious mindset, battling fear and worry, restoring peace. The, the question that came to my mind when I was reading that chapter, Denise is, can we have blind spots when it comes to our <laughs> mindsets? 
Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Actually, in writing this book, I'm like, doggone it. I got like all of them <laughs> at some point in my life. But I think we all will encounter it at some point. It's how will we encounter it? Mm-hmm. And I've been saying lately when I travel and speak that, look, we have a 100% chance of facing anxiety. We live in a fallen world with a bunch of evil people (laughs) and we don't know when we're going to die. I mean, that's anxiety for you. Mm -hmm. Christ walked through anxiety. It's how are we going to walk through that anxiety? Christ is our comfort. He is God with us. But I think we give lip service to that, but we don't live into that reality. We don't really come to him and say, God, help me walk through this. We want him just to, our idea of deliverance is remove it. We want it gone, but what if it stays? Mm-hmm. And and I remember my husband first saying to me, "You're you're anxious. You you have anxiety sometimes." I'm like, "What? <laughs> well, no, I don't." <laughs> and, and I remember going one time to a doctor, and this is in the middle of all the years of court battle, and just crying out to God, and I, I couldn't feel my hands or my feet. Mm. I thought, okay, I guess I better go to the doctor. And he's like, you have anxiety. And I'm like, no, I don't, you know, start crying. But <laughs> we almost feel like it's like this label. Oh yeah. my, uh, there's this stigma. I don't struggle with that. Listen, we're all going to, okay. Yeah. We are all going to in this world. How are we going to look how Christ did mm-hmm. in the garden of Gethsemane? You know, yeah. he showed us how are we willing to trust his method? Yes. Yes. Amen. There's all forms of uh, situational anxiety, social anxiety. Um, But you, you, you bring up a very valid point that perhaps some people have not thought through. Um, Anxiety is rooted in fear. Mm -hmm. It's rooted in fear. And you list five common triggers related to fear. So, so I'm just going to read these Mm -hmm. and then let you comment. Those triggers are fear of lack Fear of rejection. Now, well, <laughs> that's been a hard opinion, one for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's, yeah. In my, my experience as a pastor, 25 years now, that's probably the one that I deal with most often. Mm. People don't recognize it as such initially. But anyway, this is about your book. Uh, <laughs> fear, fear of lack, fear of rejection, or, or the flip side, popularity. Fear of death, feel of fear of failure, or fear of being you. There's all kinds of of uh, uh, openings that the enemy of our soul gets in and uses to bring about anxiety, but it's rooted in fear. That's the point. Yes, you know, I think a lot of times we say we trust God, and I, I do think we want to, but the spiritual reality sometimes is underneath the physical reality that we go through and we keep it down there. Um, when I think of fear of lack, I remember my husband being out of work, uh, three jobs in five years and it wasn't his fault. It was government upheaval, uh, in the defense program. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember one time I just knew the Lord was like, it's going to be eight months. And my son knew I knew it. He's like, mom, you know how long this is going to be. <laughs> but I remember like going out to the garden with my husband saying, we're going to garden. This is an adventure. Um, God is our provider. Do we believe that? And and it was so funny because I remember telling the Lord, just the Lord, that I missed feta cheese. 
I missed um, fruits and veggies. <laughs> and this is the things I missed. And, and um, oh, um, the, this oil that we get, um, that was my favorite. And we couldn't uh, get that during that time. And the next Sunday, I kid you not, two people came with the specific oil, huge jars of it. God <laughs> told me to bring this to you. Wow. What? Wow. That was God. And that, no one knew that. I told no one. And so that was a neat confirmation. I said to the kids, we're going to be okay. Yeah. God has yeah. this. But yeah, I think we tend to rely on ourselves when we fear. We tend to rely on man um, and even psychology. I do think that psychology can be beneficial, but the word of God is what we yeah. really need to rely on and rely on God. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yeah. And um, relying on ourself uh, too much, forgetting about God and things don't work out. That's a that's a great segue into chapter four, which is the depressive mindset, <laughs> because uh, trying to work things out on our own strength and you're not getting anywhere that can lead to depression. Definitely. But the depressive yeah. mindset, battling discouragement and disillusionment. So discouragement really uh, shackles us. It limits us, doesn't it? Yes, I think it was um, Jerry Falwell Sr. who said the measure of a man is what it takes to discourage him. And I have held on to that statement. No, it's not scripture, but it reminds me when I start to feel discouraged. Okay, I don't have to stay there. And then I go to God's word and I, the psalmist, I mean, has so many scriptures about that. There's people yeah. who've gone before us mm -hmm. and these are people, God's people, you know, and unfortunately, you know, they all went through anxiety, depression and all that too. So that is part of the human experience. Yes, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to point out, too, though, there, there is a difference, friends. Those yes. of you who have joined us today, there is a difference between a depressive mindset and clinical depression. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Very key difference. And I, I drew that out in the book because I don't ever, I'm not making light of it. The depressive mindset is, it's really handicap. You know, it is so difficult. It's like walking in mud and it's so hard to walk through. A yeah. clinical uh, depression is one of those things that you definitely affect the spiritual side of things, but you need to use whatever tools you can to help you overcome that. And I think of it as if my kid gets a skin knee, I'm not going to say you don't need the band aid. You know, I'm going to treat that. And so I'm not, I'm not at all saying that we shouldn't do that, but I just think sometimes we skip over what is ours in Christ with yes. our mindsets. Yes. Amen. Amen. You talk about ways to release the stigma associated with depression as well. I thought that was very good. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, four triggers from that chapter. Um, here they are. Feelings aren't facts. Hey, let me say that again, friends. <laughs> Feelings aren't facts. Expect the unexpected. Delusionment is an illusion. Mm -hmm. And counterfeit joy. Any thoughts or comments on any of those triggers? Yes. You know, so I have several people in my life right now who I love deeply. And one in particular has been going through this mindset and feelings and our emotions are powerful. Mm -hmm. And if you meditate or ruminate on that long enough, it will take you, it will take you down. Mm -hmm. And so this one person in particular, I've said, if you will, let me help you through this. I would like you to right now go take a walk. 
go take a walk outside and I'd like you to read some scripture. And it, it really has lifted her spirits. It has yeah. helped her. But we have to take action. And what's so hard is our emotions are so strong. We can feel paralyzed and feel like we can't affect them, though they are just feelings. Yes. Um, but they're strong feelings. But um, sometimes and Michelle does a good job of unpacking some counselor tips where she will give some suggestions that people can do to just kind of switch the narrative in your mind. Instead of thinking about this, let's move your location and do something different uh, so you can stop, you know, rehearsing uh, the depression. Yes. Yes. Amen. Um, remember, friends, a depressive mind is not a life sentence. Amen. Things can change. Mm -hmm. So uh, chapter five is the discontented mindset, battling comparison and pride. Now, the Bible warns us repeatedly to bring our desires under control of the Lord. We, we're warned about the strategies of the enemy to mm -hmm. deceive us by material things, by, by the desires of our eyes, uh, our flesh. Yet we find ourselves becoming dissatisfied with our lot in life much too often. And you talk about the root of discontentment. So what is that, Denise, and how do we deal with that? Well, comparison and pride are key to that. But it's often saying, I'm not satisfied with the portion that you've given me, mm -hmm. God. Yeah. That also was part of the scarcity mindset. I talked a little bit about mm -hmm. our portion because we can think well, we deserve something there. But that is really what in essence, we're battling this comparison and thinking that we deserve what someone else has. Yes. And pride is at the root there as well. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yeah, now you use in this chapter, you use Jonah as an example of what to do and what not to do. You want to go through some of that for our viewers? Yes. Well, we know the story of Jonah and how, you know, he was saying that he fears God. He actually mm -hmm. said that to the men on the boat when he ended up there. But his actions don't seem to demonstrate that. You know, God told him to go to Nineveh mm -hmm. and he fled the other yeah. direction. I think sometimes this is how we handle mindsets as well. We could go to God. We could go to his word. But often we flee to our own thoughts in a wilderness in our own mm -hmm. mind. Yes. And so we see Jonah doing this. And of course, we know the whole story. And he comes out of the whale and he's repentant. He's going to go. And then. When they, the Ninevites repent, of course, Jonah's kind of ticked. You know, I knew you were compassionate. I know you're a good God. <laughs> this should be good things we're happy about. That's right. And so God has a little, uh, I guess, a bush, a plant grow over him to give him shade. And then he takes it away. <laughs> now, sometimes I think we read that. We think that's kind of mean, you know, uh, but we see, aren't we so much like him? Yes. God gives us something and then we get discontent because he takes it away. Yeah. But God was trying to point. He shepherds us. He tried to shepherd Jonah and say, aren't these people's souls more valuable? And I think we right. just we need to have Christ's view, the mind of Christ. Yes. That instead of when and here's an example. Someone was discontent at me. OK, at church, they're coming with that purposeful walk. You know, you're about to get it. You don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. And when you're in leadership, it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And because in her view, uh, 
she, the specific thing was uh, she had left me a message and I didn't return her call. So she assumed that I got her message, <laughs> which I did not. But the Lord showed me when I saw her coming, I was saying, God, please help me not to respond to flesh. Help yeah. me to love her more than myself in this moment. Yeah. Um, and so I had that time to think for a second. And then the Lord said, just put your hand on her and say, I'm sorry, what, what's wrong? It just diffused the situation. Yes. And I was able to say, oh, you know, I, but the discontent left. Um, but a lot of times we, we can be like Jonah and we can be fixed on, we didn't get our way. We didn't get what we wanted or God took it yeah. away. Yeah. And that's, that's hard for our flesh, right? Yeah, it, it certainly is. It really is hard for our flesh. And, and, and you've touched on those, the triggers from that chapter, comparison, pride, and gratitude unbelief, um, idolatry. And of course, the antidote to all of that, friends, is humbleness, humility. And um, that leads then to gratitude, trust, obedience, pursuing holiness and dying to self. Those mindsets don't allow room for discontentment to grow, do they? Right. I mean, well, the mindsets will allow discontent to grow for sure, because we'll just consider thinking about it. But if we have the humility and if we respond in that way, it kills it. And and God is glorified then. How much time is wasted with people being offended with each other Mm -hmm. and discontent? Uh, You know, I just repenting is so beautiful. I can't say that enough. Whenever you have a mindset, try it. Just try right there. Say, God, I am really struggling. Maybe you're angry at someone. Maybe you're discontent. Lord, will you help me right now? And then get in your word. Go on Google if, if you know, and, and type in discontent or angry or whatever it is. And look at the scriptures that come up yes. and ask the Holy Spirit to do that in your life. God right. will answer that prayer. Yes, he will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He is desire us to reorient your thinking away from circumstances and flesh and discontentment and reorient it to him. Amen. Heavenly blessings that he has certainly bestowed about. Well, that reminds me of an old hymn. In fact, (laughs) count your blessings, name them one one by one. one. (laughs) Many blessings. See what God has done. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, um, Friends, I'm talking with uh, Denise Pass. The book is Make Up Your Mind, Unlock Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life. It's a fantastic book. Uh, I'm sure those of you who have joined us today for this conversation uh, have probably discovered some things about yourself, and you no doubt have some folks in your life that would benefit. And we're just scratching the surface, friends. This is just a, an overview from 30,000 feet. There's yeah. much more in in, mm-hmm. uh, in the book. And so I would encourage you to do, you can go out to um, Denise's website, in fact, and, and order it. But I think it sends you, thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. DenisePass.com. Um, you can order it there. It probably sends you to Amazon, Denise. Yes. And also makeupyourmind.today. If they go on there, um, I have a quiz they can take where they can determine what is their chief mindset struggle, negative mindset struggle. And then we also have free downloads that they, we just wanted to give people that will kind of help them as they're walking this out, learning how to pray, learning how to think rightly, righteously. 
that's 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 wonderful. So that that's how it is. Make up your mind dot today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I got made a note of that. Awesome. Awesome. So um, moving on, chapter six, and we're we're coming down to seven eight minutes to go. Um, chapter six is the doubtful mindset battling unbelief and hopelessness. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's huge today, hopelessness. So I, I want to read a section from your book. It's on page 127 um, and 128. Uh, here's, here's what it says. Exposing the lie behind common doubts, we can choose to replace former doubts with God's word and promises, which never fail. Doubt can keep us stuck. We dare not hope for more. But hope has a way of prying us free from doubt's snare. The following are some of the less feelings that doubting brings. Powerlessness, defined by our weakness. We don't have enough willpower. We cannot choose to do or even to think about what we should do or think. Can you say pink elephants? Yeah. Useless, defined by our ability. We can't do anything right. We're not good enough. Helpless, defined by our willpower. There is no help that will really last. We're not strong enough. Meaningless, defined by our view. Nothing really matters. This life or what we have is not enough. Worthless, defined by our value. Our value is based on works. We are not enough. Hopeless, defined by our prospects. There is no ultimate good outcome or the foundational grace of God is not enough. Enough. Thinking negatively does things to our mind, making us bitter, angry, sad, and doubtful. All mindsets centered on self. These thoughts are ungodly or not godlike and are unhealthy for us. God invites us to think like Him. Wow. Wow. Philippians, folks, Philippians 4 8 provides a basis for changing this mindset. Paul wrote, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's powerful, Denise. You know, if there's anything that I want people to hear today, that word unbelief is what a negative mindset is. You are believing your thoughts above God's. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. why we need to repent. And Satan is a liar. He wants to take away our inheritance and he can't. When we are in Christ, we are sealed. Praise God. But he can sure mess with our mind. You know, and so the I loved going through that was a place of worship. What you uh, just read when I wrote that and then looking at Philippians 4, 8 and looking at the opposite of what is ours in Christ. Yes. So here, people used to say, and we'll hear this phrase today. And I, I talked about this with shame off you as well. Uh, you're enough. And I say, no, you're not. Now you say, what, how can you say that? We're not enough, but Christ is, he's our sufficiency. That way I don't have to be worried anymore about if I'm not, if I'm useless, if I'm powerless, if I'm any of the lesses, yes. he is my sufficiency. And so I need to renounce the unbelief going through my mind. Look, and, and, and it's okay to admit it. I'm not enough in this area. Lord, fill my cup. That's you right. be my sufficiency. 
Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. From Philippians 4, 8, we are not powerless. We are not useless in Christ. We are not helpless. Life is not meaningless. We are not worthless in Christ. We are not hopeless because Christ gave us his very best. <laughs> that's yes. that's gold right there, Denise. Mm-hmm. So so one other thing from this chapter uh, at the at the end material um, keys to unlock our mind in that section, you have key change, the application, releasing doubt and increasing faith. And you encourage people write down all your doubts in your journal. Ask yourself for the source behind those doubts. Then search for scriptures to help you speak faith to those doubts. Pray and ask God to help increase your faith. Luke 17, 5. Jesus will do it. We only need faith as small as a mustard seed for it to grow. Friends, God will answer that prayer every time. Increase my faith, Lord. He will answer that every time. Amen, Denise. Yes. And, you know, you don't have to be. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Look, if you discover you have a negative mindset or you've been doubting, I think people feel like, I have a doubt. Oh, no. What does this mean? It means you had a doubt (laughs) and and you have doubts and you go to God and you repent of it. You say, that's unbelief, Lord. I believe you. And, and, you know, there's prayer too. help me in my unbelief. Yes. You know, it's a beautiful prayer. Amen. Amen. It certainly is. And in the counselor's corner in this chapter, I love what um, what Michelle wrote. She did write this. Yes. The counselor's corner. Yep. 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 Doubt robs us of our confidence and keeps us at a standstill. Those of us who struggle with doubt can be helped mightily by learning a weekly promise of God. As we stockpile these verses in our minds, we will have new positive declarations to reflect upon regularly. Now, I liked that because um, first of the year, the Lord spoke something to me and said, I want you to begin to bring the congregation through um, a weekly time of proclaiming who they are in me, what Mm -hmm. my promises are to them. And so every week we have a proclamation. We we put a a verse Mm -hmm. of scripture um, up on the overhead, up up on the the screen, and we just read the verse of scripture. And then I write out a a proclamation, which personalizes it. Yes. Enables us to make it, um, make it not just, applicable, but um, apprehends it and makes it our own. And and I encourage people to do this all the time. When you're reading the scriptures, make it personal. Mm-hmm. Insert yourself into that and, and understand the promises that there's great power in that, I think, Denise, to be reminded on a consistent basis of who we are in Christ and how the Father looks at us. I think it's great that you do that for your congregation, because I think sometimes people can kind of have the word of God is there and the pastor teaches it and it's for other people and it's learning to apply it to your lives. And so that's a beautiful way to do that. Amen. Well, thank you for that. So friends, um, DenisePass.com is the website. Make up your mind, unlock your thoughts, transform your life. I would also encourage you to uh, go to the website, makeupyourmind.today mm-hmm. and take that quiz and see what you might find out. Um, Denise, it has been a joy and a pleasure. Um, if the Lord tarries, 
and he blesses us with another opportunity to chat. We'll pick this up in 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 chapter seven, and we'll talk about your Bible study because I'm believing it's going to be out by then. Amen. Well, I would love it. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You're you're very welcome. Friends, uh, thank you for joining us today. That's all we have uh, for you on this edition of Wisconsin Christian News TV. We will see you next time. God bless you.